the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Holastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Holastic. I will be your host, as I usually am, for the Nonprofit MBA podcast. And for those of you who don't know me, I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. And over the last 12 years, Financing Solutions has been the leading provider of lines of credit for small nonprofits in the United States. I am a firm believer in having a line, a line of credit. The, po- the product has been extremely popular with nonprofits for many, many different reasons. If you're interested in learning more or potentially just seeing what you qualify for, uh, please visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Uh, we also have a sponsor. It's Arrays Fast Fund Online, which is uh, accounting uh, software that is specifically used uh, uh, for small to medium size um, nonprofits. You know, I'm a firm believer in having software that's specifically built for an industry uh, instead of making something like QuickBooks work for your nonprofit. It's good to have. Uh, software like Arrays, it's spelled A-R-A-I-Z-E. It's it's better to have something like that than it is to use something that's not really made for nonprofits. And one of the nonprofits, I'm a board member at this nonprofit, there are two of them, and uh, and we use Arrays as well. So if you're interested in learning more, go to Arrays.com, it's A-R-A-I-Z-E.com, or call Joe at 866 840-7449 840-7449 and tell them Steven sent you, sent you. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Jason Kruger from Signature Analytics. On today's episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with Jason and he's the president and founder of Signature Analytics. Jason is shaking up the way business owners run their businesses um, and nonprofits by highlighting the gaps in data and reporting that many business owners and executive directors face uh, when they're sharing and also sharing insights on how to improve profitability, increase productivity, and how to run your organization better. Jason has 20 plus years of experience in the accounting and business advisory field, working with uh, mid-market companies and nonprofits. Uh, And join me in welcoming uh, Jason today's podcast Jason, welcome to today's nonprofit MBA podcast. Great, thanks, Stephen. Good to be here. So we're gonna, uh, you know, kind of tackle this uh, this topic um, of what nonprofits need to know to breeze through an annual audit. I, I, you know, to some of us it might be a dry subject, but the issue <laughs> that we see is when you look at Google and how many times people actually type this in. Uh, for a nonprofit, you would you you would you know it's it's typed in between you know four hundred and six hundred times a month, yeah. so it it is a topic that a lot of people are uh, are are want information on, and that that might be the reason why many of you are listening to this uh, podcast as well. So, uh, Jason, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your experience in dealing with uh, an annual audit for a nonprofit? Yeah, sure. So, as you mentioned, it can be dry, but it can also be a big source of pain and suffering for uh, nonprofits, the organizations, um, and the 
the challenges that come with not you know be filing on time can be considerable. Um, just a quick background. So I actually spent my career. I started my career in financial statement audit. Uh, spent most of that with Deloitte, uh, Deloitte and Touche, which is one of the larger public accounting firms. And I I actually was involved with a number of audits, um, uh, financial statement audits of nonprofit organizations. Um, so the you know taking that uh, experience and bringing that to you know how we support. Uh, our nonprofit clients, as it relates to preparing them for an audit in advance, um, I think you know it, it sounds obvious, but being prepared is the key to success. Um, and then also in supporting them in um, just their ongoing everyday accounting needs. I think a lot of nonprofit organizations, um, especially as they're smaller and continuing to grow, um, they. Uh, they have they have limited funds and they have to use those funds wisely. And what's most important for nonprofits is investing those funds in the programs uh, that achieve the mission that they're looking to accomplish. So um, it's it's definitely you know the, the the audit process is a challenge for a lot of companies because they don't have the sophistication on their existing team to support that process. Um, and that's where we come in to help a lot of our clients in that area. But why, when it comes to a nonprofit, why would somebody, uh, why would an annual audit happen? Yeah. Just so, take, yeah. yeah. So a the step back show. Sure. Uh, from a nonprofit perspective, they're actually required um, by uh, different states may have different requirements, but a standard requirement is uh, revenues or um, contributions over, let's say, $2 million uh, would trigger a compliance requirement um, by the uh, authorities to uh, have a, uh, a an audit performed. So that would be, um, just want to make sure we're clear that this is not a an IRS audit. It's not a tax-related audit. It's, a, it's an audit of the financial uh, health and the financial statements of, of the entity. And uh, the reason that the this is uh, required is because the government wants to make sure that People that are investing or giving their funds or donations to these nonprofits, um, that they have some level of confidence that they're being operated effectively, and that also that the donations that they're giving are actually going and being contributed for the good of the mission that the nonprofits have. And so, this is when you you're over two million dollars, correct? Yeah, over two million dollars. So if you're under two, uh, that that seems to be a triggering point is over two million dollars. Um, under two, um, I don't believe is required in most cases, um, but they still are required to file a, you know, from a tax reporting perspective and compliance perspective, uh, nonprofits are required to file an annual 990 return. And it's more of an informational return um, because they don't pay taxes, but that also goes on file um, as well. And then once they hit that certain revenue threshold, they're required to have a financial audit um, done by a third party, an outside third party CPA firm. So an independent firm. So an independent firm from your existing CPA firm? Uh, it can be. Yeah. So um, again, if you're a nonprofit, you're not paying taxes, but you do have to file the 990 return, which is an informational tax return. If that CPA uh, also performs uh, audit, um, if they also uh, perform audit services, uh, then that firm can be used. 
If they don't, um, that usually what I would recommend is they can use that individual uh, to recommend a firm that would be able to provide them with audited uh, financial statements. Okay. Now, in that audit, what are some of the things that the auditor will look closely at? Yeah. So from a non, so there's standard audit, uh, standard audit practices that that are are performed and procedures that are performed on every audit of every engagement from a nonprofit to a for-profit business. But as it relates to a, a nonprofit, they're also going to be doing some extra testing and understanding of uh, contributions, donors, donor restrictions. Uh, if uh, the nonprofit organization has uh, grants or funding from grants, those may trigger additional compliance or requirements that need to be looked at as well. Um, but what it really comes down to, to, to simplify the strength and the ease of an audit process really comes down to the, the accuracy of the information that they receive. And so where a lot of nonprofits have challenges is that they have a, an individual that's doing the day-to-day accounting. Uh, that individual may be a bookkeeper, maybe, a, uh, what they, maybe has a controller title. Um, but they're, they're usually managing all of the accounting. So they're doing the day-to-day. Uh, they are uh, paying the bills. Um, they are reaching out to donors uh, as it relates to uh, what they're calling receivables and making sure that they're collecting um, all of the payments that need to be required. They should be uh, reconciling all the accounts, the bank accounts, and closing the books on a monthly basis. Um, what ends up being, what ends up uh, becoming a challenge for these individuals is if they've never been through an audit before, if they don't have a good process to close the books, if they don't have a good process to produce good supporting schedules um, for balances within their financial statements, um, then it's going to be very difficult to get through the audit process. And what I mean by that is a lot of these, a lot of organizations or companies for that matter might wait until the audit process to start preparing those schedules. Um, the best practice is really to be doing that on a monthly basis. So if you can really develop a strong internal financial accounting department uh, with the right oversight and the right processes, um, and you implement a good, strong monthly close process with supporting schedules for your numbers, that does a couple of things. It gives you confidence that you have accurate, timely, accurate, relevant information that you can make decisions off of. Um, and it also by following that process will allow you, you know, you're 80% of the way done with the audit anyway at the, at, uh, by performing those procedures on a monthly basis. So when you do get to the audit process, um, you have that information, it's being done, it's being reconciled on an ongoing basis, and you can provide that information to the auditor. Um, that simplifies the, the process considerably, um, is having consistency and good organization and supporting schedules on an ongoing basis. So there's two areas that I, I want to touch upon. I'm, you know, like most of my podcasts, I'm curious. Um, we look at financials all the time for uh, nonprofits, so it's very common. Um, and, and by the way, you know, when we saw when we see audited financials, that means a lot more to us than right. uh, an internal income statement. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. It just gives us a lot of credibility. Um, but it, the two areas that how does the auditor know what's going on? Let's say that 
you have donations that are coming in and there is restrictions as to um, restricted donation versus unrestricted donation. Yep. So, you know, the unrestricted is used for, um, for operations. How do they do a test to see how that was actually distributed? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. Um, there, in some cases, there's what they call permanently restricted donations. And in, in most cases, that, that might be a larger dollar amount. And it may be um, some sort of a uh, of a fund that may be set up that produces interest or produces some level of earnings that the organization can use uh, for special purposes. In, in other cases, they'll call it temporary restricted contributions, and that may be um, for a special purpose. And so uh, a lot of times it's for um, you know, the build out, or maybe it's for a capital campaign, or maybe it's for um, a certain aspect of an organization where they're really focusing on building out a, a new program um, to uh, achieve the mission that they have as an organization. And so they will uh, request or donors will come in and say, hey, I want to I want to give these funds, but I want it to go specifically for this particular program or for this capital campaign. And so that then has to be accounted for separately. Um, and those funds, then when those funds are incurred, they're then able to I'm sorry, when those expenses are incurred, they're able to assign those exp those uh, contributions to those expenses um, to ensure that uh, they are being used the right way. And so the, the record keeping and the accounting for that is critical because if you lose track of that, you have a serious, you know, that's a serious issue um, because you ultimately would lose faith uh, in your in your donors and your donor base that you can actively, you know, effectively use their funds the way that they wanted you to use them. So, so the, the, uh, your bookkeeper, uh, will have a category called restricted uh, donations, and then they'll have another category called unrestricted donations. Right. Is that yeah? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so if a program or the expenses have not been incurred on whatever they provided their, um, their donations for, then those those funds are still shown as restricted. Um, if those expenses have been incurred and they can show that those funds that were provided were used in the you know uh, in the expenses that were incurred, those then restrictions then get released um, and are no longer restricted. What about uh, let's just say you have a nonprofit where the executive director is running a lot of personal expenses through the nonprofit. Yep. Does, does the auditor say anything about that? Or, you know, is their job just to kind of look at the numbers and say if there's fraud or not, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, that actually is uh, would be a significant red flag. Um, the auditors would definitely point that out. Um, that would be um, considered a, a deficiency in the controls of the organization, in the financial controls of the organization, um, because nonprofits 
uh, you know, they should not be running personal expenditures through a nonprofit unless it relates to the mission of the organization. So if it's travel costs and they were legitimate, you know, business purposes associated with the mission of the organization and you're reimbursing for your travel costs, mileage or, or gas, um, or if they were, um, you know, costs for meals and entertainment that were directly associated with the mission of the organization, then those might be fine. Um, if they're clearly not related to the organization and are clearly personal related expenses, um, those, you know, that's not obviously a best practice and that would be a significant red flag, uh, during an audit process. Um, at a minimum, um, the individual, those, those items, those personal items, if they are incurred on behalf of the company need to be, um, need to be accounted for. And ultimately it, it's basically is what it, it equates to, uh, a, a receivable due back from that individual uh, to pay those funds back um, because, gotcha. those are, you know, obviously those cannot be included as far as, you know, expenses of the organization. Now there, I, I don't know if it applies to nonprofits too, but there's, there's something called reviewed financials and audited yep. financials. And is that applied to a nonprofit as well? That may be applied to a nonprofit um, if they're not required to have audited financials. But let's say someone like yourself is providing them with a line of credit and you want more comfort on the accuracy of their financials. You may require them uh, to have reviewed financials. Reviewed we, financials. We don't, but, okay. uh, but many banks would. Yes. Correct. Yeah. And so reviewed financials would be um, it's a similar process, but it doesn't provide the same level of assurance to a third party. So the, the steps incurred are not as intense as an audit. Um, you know, if, if you're, if you have to go through the process and you have the choice and you're the business, if you want audited or reviewed, uh, typically I would, I would choose reviewed financials. However, uh, a third party or the board in a lot of cases, the board of directors might want audited financials because they will want that additional comfort that in the accuracy of those financial statements. So yeah, and keep in mind that certain donors, that's a, um, that's, that's a big, that would be an important, um, green flag. I don't want to say red right. flag, yeah. a, a positive, exactly. right? If someone says here, I have audited financials, then as yeah. a business person who maybe was going to, uh, going to make a donation, uh, I'd be like, you know, a large donation. I'd be like, okay, this is this company, uh, excuse me, this organization is legit. Right. Yeah. It's best practice. I mean, companies uh, or organizations that, you know, have an audit, they can show the donors, they include the audited financials on the, on their website. Um, you know, they tout that, Hey, we, we've been audited by a reputable firm. Um, everything that we're say we say we've done, we've actually done. Um, they can show the percentage of, of dollars that were donated that went directly to programs versus other GNA expenses. Um, and, uh, they can, that's how they gain that, you know, reputation as being a solid, uh, solid nonprofit organization that is worthy of the funds that they're receiving. Now, um, in general, I mean, how can you turn, like, if you haven't been through an audit before, uh, uh or a reviewed financial process, you know, you're like, well, what is this going to cost me? Right. Yep. How, you know, I, I, I'm sure it's, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I would think it's it's very much 
based on the size of the organization because yeah. the bigger the size, the more complex it is. So is there any golden rule that, uh, that our listeners would know about the cost for a reviewed financial versus a audited financial and, you know? Yeah, I don't know if there's a golden rule. I think that the cost of audited financials as a whole have the cost, you know, has increased um, over the years, especially. Um, I think the starting point um, for an audit uh, by a reputable firm um, and I know there's a lot of firms out there that might, you know, do provide audited financials that, that may or may not be as reputable. And I would really look into the firm and make sure that you have confidence that this is a firm that you can put your reputation on the line for. And that when you're talking to donors that, you know, a firm that really um, you know, gives the outside third parties the confidence as well. So uh, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, the, the cheap, cheapest uh alternative isn't always the best solution. Um, but, you know, at a minimum, even on the small side, it's going to be, you know, 10 to $20,000 uh, for yep. full audited yeah. financials. And obviously it will go up from there. So uh, much larger organizations, I mean, you know, the United Way's audit is probably in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Um, but, um, you know, a sweet spot uh, once the, the organization has gotten to, you um, you know, 10 million plus in, in revenues, you're probably looking at, you know, probably close to 30 to $50,000. Yeah. Um, so it's not a cheap uh, endeavor, but um, it, there is a lot of value in that, in that report, uh, especially if it's done by a reputable firm um, that you can leverage to uh, go out to the market with and to third parties, to donors, et cetera. Now, a reviewed financial for for a nonprofit that's under ten million, five to seven thousand dollars, would you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's smaller, I mean, if you're, you know, if it's probably under five million, I would say, you know, probably in the ten thousand five, you know, maybe ten thousand dollar range. Um, once you get up to ten million, then you know, there's, you know, again, you're you're getting a little bit more expensive. Um, it it really depends, but I, I I'd be it'd be hard pressed to find someone that would do a review, you know, perform reviewed financials for, for under $10,000 $10, in, uh, you know, for a $10 million nonprofit. Now, you guys do reviewed uh, and audited financial uh, reviews, correct, for nonprofits. Is that accurate? No, we actually support uh, our clients' uh, internal accounting environment. Uh -huh. So, uh, a lot of our clients, so it's, it's really kind of more of like an outsourced accounting um, and CFO advisory support. So our clients will have, most of our clients will have the, the individual that's doing the day-to-day -day transactional work. They may not have the sophistication um, to really produce good financial information that the business owners or the executive team or the executive director can, can use to make the right decisions on. And so we'll help to really establish the strong processes um, and procedures to ensure the right reporting is in place for those, uh, for the executive team and for third parties like the board of directors and so on. What that then also leads to is supporting the audit process. And so, you know, again, it's if we can develop a process where we're closing the books every month, we have reconciled each of the accounts on the balance sheet and the income statement are reconciled effectively. Uh, once we get to the audit process, we can then provide those 
reconciliations to the auditors and it really streamlines that process um, significantly. I would imagine that you see your share of, in fact, I would think the majority of the people who are coming to you for the first time, uh, that uh, maybe because they're getting audited, getting an audit or getting reviewed, yep. uh, that their books are a mess. Is that pretty? We, common? Yes, that's accurate. Um, <laughs> we get a, a lot of our clients. We we get a lot of clients because of exactly what you just described. They're trying to get to an audit. It's been a challenge. The auditors are having challenges because they're getting information they can't reconcile or can't tie out. Um, and so we'll get, uh, we get a number of referrals. We bring in a number of clients in that area. But what we do in those situations is, you know, they're already in the middle of it. So what can we do to, to really help pull the information together in the format that the auditors are looking for to keep this moving forward and to, 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 to ensure success? What that ends up turning into in a lot of cases is the realization that they don't have the right processes to produce good financials on an ongoing basis. And what these organizations, as they, as they continue to grow and realize, is that they, des- you know, they deserve better than what they have. Um, but they can't necessarily afford the top talent to bring in. Uh, and you know they can't afford an expensive CFO. They can't afford it. It doesn't make sense for an expensive C, uh, controller to come in. And that's where we come in is to really provide and augment and support their existing team, provide that financial leadership and oversight so that they're able to produce good financials, good reporting on a consistent basis, um, ultimately then leads to a very simplified audit process moving forward as well. So I'm going to ask you this question. And first, I just want you to tell me without getting to the details on it, we'll come back to the details. The top three things you say in, in, uh, when you go into a, a client that is kind of a mess, yep. uh, I would like, I would imagine the, one of them is, uh, n- nothing's reco- uh, reconciled. Right. Right. So yep. that's, that's number one. And then we're going to dive into all this in a second. What's two and three? Yeah. So um, two would be um, that they don't have the sufficient talent on their team, right? So to you know, even if they knew what they had to do, um, they don't have the expertise or the experience to do it effectively. So talent and you know. Uh, on the team, especially with nonprofits, is is a challenge. Um, and so, therefore, uh, things are never categorized correctly, or they're not. They may not even be using account. Are they? Is it so bad that they're not even using accounting software? Rarely, in okay. you know, a lot of cases, they're at least using something like a QuickBooks, right? Um, and but you know, a lot of times it might be somebody who's who doesn't really have a background in accounting, but they're more of a bookkeeper, so. They're entering the information in QuickBooks, um, but it's producing information that might be cash basis versus accrual basis. Um, and what ends up happening is there's not good, ultimately what management needs, what the program directors need is they need to understand what's my budget and how am I tracking against my budget and what's the overall, how do we deem, you know, what's the overall performance of the, biz, of the organization? So how do we define success? And they need that information and, and that comes through the right reporting. So the, the, the third area is, you know, 
lack of reconciliations, but truly it's lack of, of, of consistent and quality reporting for management and program directors to be able to effectively run the organization um, to its highest you know, level of capacity. And the third thing that you would see most often? Yeah, I mean, I just see lack of reporting or lack of timely reporting. Um, and that's where the pain is with management, right? So they're saying, hey, um, we're trying to, to work with Stephen on getting a line of credit. And, you know, I haven't got my books closed since January. And Stephen's asking me for financials so he can provide us with a line of credit. Um, and we really want to work with him, but I don't have anything to give him. Right. And so, um, and, and the January numbers may or may not be accurate. And so that's the pain is at the executive level. It, it trickles down to the executive level of, um, it, am I getting good information? Is it timely? And can I trust it? And, and, um, and that, those, that's a significant pain that we see. At what point in revenue do you really think it makes sense to uh, bring you on board as a part-time CFO? You know, I mean, is it like a million dollars in yearly revenue when you start saying, okay, this is getting a little more sophisticated. I, you should probably bring us in at this point. Yeah. I would say um, that it's not as much the, you know, a lot of it is the mindset and the growth opportunities that exist. So if you're a million dollars, but you're going to be doing five to 10 million next year, you know, ASAP, right? If you are doing $500,000 and next year you're hoping to do 600, um, I think there's, it's definitely worth a conversation and there's some, some things that we can do and, and to support and um, to drive, you know, to, to provide value to help those, you know, individuals and the executive directors and, management to, to take their organization to the next level. Um, but again, what, what we're offering is that financial leadership. Um, we can also do the day-to-day accounting. So for those smaller organizations at a million bucks, they don't probably need someone full-time doing accounting. So if they need somebody, you know, that's where we can layer in um, and do the lower level work because it's part-time, we can be flexible, we can be scalable and so on. Yeah, I uh, my experience in this area too is that if you get help earlier, you sit, you you typically will save money in the long run, uh, right? Because if someone has to be brought in later, it just costs a lot more money in hourly work because you guys have a lot more right. to try to uncover. So, you know, it's probably a good idea to have. Uh, you know, I had a part time CFO at one time, one company. Uh, where once a quarter he just looked overlooked everything that my bookkeeper was doing, you know, and yep. you know, didn't got us into best practices. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's critical. I mean, you having that financial leadership and oversight from the beginning is critical. And and um, I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts probably a few weeks ago or a month ago, and you were mentioning, um, you know, something similar, which is. Um, you know, getting in early um, and making sure that, you know, you if you can get the good reporting and a foundation set from the beginning, then the decisions that you're making now, you understand the impact of the decisions that you're making. You understand how that impacts the financial side of your business. Um, and it also gives that credibility to a third party. It gives credibility to the board of directors that, hey, this these individuals 
they are setting themselves up for success in the long term and they're setting themselves up for long-term growth. And I think with nonprofits, so much of it is about credibility in the market to, um, to third parties like a board of directors, to someone like yourself who's providing some level of financial assistance to them, uh, to donors in the market. And if you go in, you know, every, most of those individuals, are, first thing they're going to say is, let me see your financials. And if you give them just something that you just printed out of QuickBooks and it doesn't necessarily make sense and it's not organized effectively, you're going to lose that credibility and it's going to stunt the opportunity for growth in the organization. Yeah, and I would say the reverse is true too, which is uh, if you give them really good financials, it will really uh, the impress you know, right. who you're trying to impress. And, you know, listen, let's face it, that could be a grant. Uh, someone's uh, looking to give a grant. Uh, it could right. be a donation. Uh, it could even be, you know, someone who may be an, a, a, an employee who wants to join your organization at executive level or a board member, right. you know. And there's a certain amount of pride that if you have a good board of directors, there's a certain amount of pride that people take in in seeing good financials. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, yeah, anytime, I mean, for, you know, internal purposes and it's just yourself, you know, it doesn't have to look, you know, doesn't have to look fancy, but there is, you know, that credibility side, especially for nonprofits is, is so critical um, to help them to achieve the goals they have. And, and if you can be buttoned up in accounting and, and the other areas of your business, um, that will just, you know, open up the, open up the doors for a lot of more, a lot more opportunities. Yep. Well, all good stuff. I mean, I think we really gave some good inf information. Um, I'd like to uh, thank so very much Jason Kruger from Signature Analytics for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast, also, could you give us a five-star review? It really helps us get the word out. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Jason, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so our website's uh, real easy, signatureanalytics.com. Um, anyone is free to email me directly, uh, the letter J, Kruger, K-R-U-G-E-R, at signatureanalytics.com and call me as well, 858-228-5643. Um, be happy to, to answer any questions, thoughts. Um, at a minimum, provide uh, you know direction on or make an introduction if I can to, to help whoever might reach out. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much, Stephen. So I want to thank all our listeners, uh, not just for listening. I do thank you for that. But I just want to remind everybody that um, – you know, you're out there every single day making the world a better place. And I thank you for that, Jason. Thanks you for that as well. I just want to remind you that you're no good to anybody, um, your family, your employees, your cause, if you don't take care of yourself first. So please make sure that you are doing all the right things. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And you know, you're no good to anybody if you're burnt out, um, and if you're not, you're not taking good care of yourself mentally and physically. So make sure you prioritize yourself every day. And we all know what that means. It's, you know, uh, it means uh, exercising or, or, you know, you know, making sure you eat right. Uh, make sure you take time to uh, 
uh, be with family and friends. So don't forget that. We need you. I know Jason and I are trying to do our part in a little way to make the world a better place in our own way, but you guys are out there every single day and I thank you for that. Other than that, I just want to wish everybody a great day. Try to get out there, smell the roses. It's summertime almost, and it's you know beautiful weather for most of the country. And try to get out there and enjoy it. You certainly deserve it. Have a great day, everybody. Welcome again to the Nonprofit MBA Podcast.